0: Welcome to Macha Moments for the Creative Mind here on Lova the Podcast, a sacred space to explore your mental and spiritual wellness. It's time to recommit back to your personal power with ease and efficiency. I am your host, Lona Saloba, also known as your favorite mystic practitioner, and this week we are tapping into my mental wellness journey. I'll be sharing my personal journey on healing through my mental health concerns. This includes the good and the bad of being hospitalized, medicated, and being a black body in medicine, it's a very interesting experience. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about matcha because matcha is life. This is a perfect time for you to grab your matcha uh, if you haven't already, so you can sip along with me while we learn some fun facts about matcha. Matcha and mental well being are easily the best power couple out here, Wolf, okay? I've said it time and time again that matcha was a key factor in helping me regulate my emotional and mental well-being. For me and my own mental wellness journey, matcha helped me transform and transition from medication to a more meditative healing. Let's explore how matcha can be a great companion on your own healing journey So I want to bring like two major factors, and I feel like I've talked about this a thousand times, but you know what? Repetition is key for us learning new things. So I'm going to bring up two major reasons why you should start incorporating matcha into your everyday living if you can. I know some of us are allergic to green tea out there, and that is why I also have different alternatives like cannabis, um... And other green goodies to recommend on the podcast for those that are allergic. But if you are not, check these fun facts out. Number one, matcha contains ethanine, which is an amino acid. So amino acids build muscles, transport nutrients, prevent illness, just to name a few. When we are deficient in amino acids, it can result in decreased immunity, digestive problems, depression, lower mental alertness, and many other health issues. So, Ethanine decreases stress by regulating the central nervous system, which controls most functions of the body and mind. So, basically, matcha can decrease the amount of stress the mind and body experience. That is, in, oh my goodness, that's so crucial because stress is one of the leading factors to all illnesses, It doesn't matter what type of illness you have. You can do the research. Stress will uh, inflame it, provoke it, and make it a lot harder for you to heal. So living stressed out, either mind, body, or even emotionally, it will cause you more harm than good. That's why I love knowing that every time I sip my cup of matcha in the morning, I am decreasing my stress levels and allowing myself to be more in harmony with what's going on around me. Now, the second major factor is that elfenine also improves cognitive performance, acts as a mood enhancer, increases alertness, and reduces fatigue. This is huge for anyone who struggles with mental confusion, aka brain fog, feeling exhausted and unmotivated, or experiencing mood swings. These are all things that I went through with my own diagnosis that we're going to get into later in the episode. These were all major factors that contributed to my life really going down a dark path. It doesn't seem like it's much, but not being able to think clearly or remember why you step into a room, feeling tired all the time, feeling unmotivated and like going from a space of feeling really happy to feeling really hopeless um, is just detrimental to anyone's well-being. So the fact that Elthinine and Matcha was able to help me have a grip on this, game changer having matcha daily helps me personally to regulate any mood swings. I also love the amount of clear energy it gives me. In the beginning of my mental wellness journey, I could barely get out of bed or I would forget why I walked into a room. And that confusion really was debilitating. When you're in your early twenties and you feel like you're mentally in your early nineties, it does something vicious to your confidence. And... I was just so happy when I started drinking matcha and instantly within days started feeling like, ooh, I remember why I came back into this room and started feeling that my memory was improving. And then that encouraged me and motivated me to do different techniques and start learning more about uh, neuroscience and how my brain can start to retain memory again and like rebuilding the muscle that is my brain. Um, That all really stemmed from me drinking matcha, which is why, again, I stand matcha. Okay, if this doesn't inspire you to get some quality-grade matcha in your life, Wolf, I just don't know what will, okay? Now, if you're ready, if you're already on the matcha train with me, then take that sip and get ready to hear the story, all right? Now, this is a disclaimer. Your well-being will always be my my main priority. I am sharing my journey. I am not offering any professional advice today, just transparency. I will be speaking on a suicide attempt, drug use, and medical mistreatment. If any of these topics feel triggering, please skip this episode until you feel supported and ready to tune in, okay? Whew. All right, let's start off with my story. So I have said this story in fractions. I've never said it all at once in the same space, um, and I never really had plans to because it's a very heavy story, Um And I just, you know, once you kind of get past the healing part, like you get past that darkness and you're in that light and you're in that happiness, you really don't want to revisit those dark moments. If I'm being hundred percent honest, I'm just going to sip some water real quick. Mm. Yes. So you really don't even want to bring those bad memories up, right? You're enjoying your life. You've healed. You're happy. And it's not because if you think about the moments, you're going to like spiral back down and relapse, right? That's not why. I never really want to speak about it. It's just because it's like, okay, that was a part of my past. It happened. I accept it. I want to move forward. Um, And I didn't really want that to be part of my story. But the truth is being a practitioner, I have to show the transparency and the fact that like the reason why I do what I do, the reason why I teach what I teach is because these skill sets, these tools, these techniques have helped me get out of a very, very, very dark time um, that stems from like my teenage years. Um, and once I got to that point in my healing of like, okay, you have to tell this story and tell it in a space and a medium that feels good for you. I decided the best way to do that was this podcast. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get into it. Uh, you guys are going to get to know more about me. This is me being super vulnerable, which I think I, I always am, but this is a little different. All right. I want to start off with being afraid of myself. So in my teenage years, I would just feel like if I ever got too angry, too upset, that I would really hurt people. Um, I would just black out and not really understand what was going on. And that really terrified me and made me Um, have distrust in myself. I just knew that I could not trust myself in certain spaces or places and things. And that also caused me to really limit my experiences because I was afraid that a new experience might trigger something and then cause me to be in this like dark space that I felt was within me, um, but didn't really understand, you know, what it was about. And being a Scorpio Sun it's just, as I look back, I'm just kind of like, girl, shadow work is always a part of anybody's journey, but it's heavily pronounced for a Scorpio because that's just where we really pull from our power. And now understanding that I'm just like, there was just so much power going on in my life that I had that was trying not to be dormant anymore. And it just freaked me out, honestly, but I would be feeling these extreme feelings of joy, rage, and sadness, almost like in this weird cycle like up and down like a roller coaster, right? And that happened the majority of my teenage years. That's when me and my mother really struggled as well. As you guys heard in the previous episode, if not, please make sure you listen to that episode for more context. You know, we just were always fighting and at each other's throats and um my mental well-being really attributed to that, but also being a black body you know, my family was just kind of like, a on it. You know, you don't need to go to therapy. That's not what we do. Why people do that. You know, the whole stigma that comes around mental health and black folk. And so I didn't for a long time. I just dealt with this anger um, as best as a 14 year old child could, <laughs> which wasn't really well. Um, and then you fast forward to after being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and lupus at 19, um Some of the side effects were mood swings, some of the side effects were like being diagnosed with like um mood disorders and things like that. So those were symptoms as well as their own issues right so being bipolar is a symptom to lupus and r a right these heavy mood swings and things like that. but then being bipolar in itself is its own thing, so it just was like very layered, very heavy for me um And they were giving me Percocets, Vicodin, and codeine to deal with the pain management I was feeling from the lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. And that was making me very dependent on these narcotics. These were like hardcore drugs um, that I was getting like high dosages of because my pain was just so much. And I was refusing to take like steroids and this other option that they gave me that Um, would eventually make me barren. And I was just kind of like, I I don't, I, you know, I'm not sure that I don't want kids, but I don't want to take away that option at 19. Like, what the fuck? So I started taking these um, narcotics instead that were prescribed to me, which when you really think about it, Percocets, Codeine, and Vicodin every day on a young body. Like, I... And this is why sometimes I get so frustrated with um, Western medicine, because I'm just like, why is there no thought to what you're giving people when they are ill? Right. So let's fast forward to my I think I want to say like I was like 24, I believe, and I was stressed out. Um, That's when I had finally left my mom's house again um, and I was feeling just really out of place. Um, I wasn't able to find work for the first time in my entire life. I've been working since I was 12. I was always able to find a job, super quote unquote hireable. And I wasn't able to find um, a job, but that was mainly because I just kept getting physically ill and I just wasn't able to show up for work physically because I would randomly pass out. Um, My kidneys would start to swell at work. There were, and really those are just signs of my body telling me you don't belong here. (laughs) Please leave this space. This space is not good for you um and your journey that you're on you're not meant to be in these spaces but at the time I wasn't aware of that insight so I was just really struggling to try to find work so I was homeless I was on these hardcore drugs and I was out of place right I had moved from New York City to Westchester which is like a whole other environment staying with um a friend of a friends and that environment being super unstable and toxic but being the only place where I had a roof over my head other than a shelter. So you just had to make do with what was happening um, in those spaces. And I just remember getting tired every day. Like I felt even more tired than the day before. And I tried meditating. I tried to like lean on my wellness skills at the time, but nothing felt like it was going to help. And then there were two incidents that happened. One where like my integrity was attacked and that really shook me because that was the first time really on that scale and on a professional level where my integrity was in, was attacked and that just I blew up I was I was ready to fight I was ready to like come at this person's throat for how disrespectful they were um and how they knew that I was going through something personally um and they were fully aware of like what I was going through personally and still use that um to try to make themselves look good So I was being preyed on, on top of that. Uh, And I definitely felt unsafe, unprotected. I felt like I wasn't even able to protect myself. um, Because again, you know, my mind wasn't where it needed to be. My body was failing me. Uh, That just caused me to feel very hopeless. Um, I still wasn't handling my grandfather's passing, which had been a few years before. So I was still not even grieving properly with that. And then since then, I had lost four other close family members, So I was dealing with that level of grief, dealing with the physical ailments of my diagnosis, and then now being in this new space and being detached from my only family that I did have, which was my mother, because that in itself was unhealthy at the time. All of that led to one day going to a park and overdosing on medication in hopes to end my physical life. And I remember the experience of being in the park. I knew I wanted to be in the park because I didn't want to do it at the home that I was staying and I felt that that was insensitive. It really blows your mind how your mind works during these very dark moments. And I remember going to the park. I remember just sitting there, laying on the ground, just waiting for the effects to kick in. I was waiting for this false sense of peace to come over me, right? And I feel like spirit really came through because something in me made me call out and cry to God, like, look, I'm tired, period. Like, I'm exhausted. If, you know, you've been telling me since I was a little girl that I'm supposed to be the star and this, you know, this thing, this, this being here on earth that I have this purpose. You know, I've never felt purposeless other than that one moment of my suicide attempt. My entire life, I knew I was here to do something. I mean, I knew it had to do with uh, helping my people feel good. I just didn't know to what extent it was. Right. So, you know, my entire life, you're telling me you're, you know, you have purpose here. This isn't this, I'm getting all these awards and all these accolades at a very young age. Um, but then I get hit with this crazy diagnosis, you know, and then, you know, I'm homeless and then I'm, I'm broke. And it's just like, what, what, what's going on? Like, if you want me to be here, this is the time to show me because I'm ready to go. Right. And then, I remember taking my battery out my phone. This is before, you know, iPhones were like X that. So I remember taking my battery out my phone, placing it to the side, taking off the back because I didn't want anyone to reach me. I sent out like my little, um, last messages to like, I think my best friend, my boyfriend, my uncle. Um, and then I had a handwritten letter for my mother that I wanted someone to hand to her. I didn't want her to receive that that way. And, um, just kind of let them know, like, it's none of their faults. It's just that I'm tired and I'm exhausted. Like I can't do the work that I'm supposed to be here to do if I'm this tired, you know? Um, which, which now as I'm talking to you guys about the experience, it just makes complete sense because of being a projector. Like it's human design. Just wow. Everything is coming full circle for me right now in this conversation with you. And, um, yeah, so I'm waiting for it to happen. I look to the sky And it was like a cloudy day out of nowhere. The sun hits the leaves and it's this beautiful green, which is why a lot of my company's colors are like different variations of green, not just because of matcha, but because of this moment in my life, it was this beautiful green that I think I spend the rest of my life so far trying to, um, recreate. That's why you see so many different shades of green and I just remember feeling like my grandfather's presence around me and not, and not, you know, just starting to weep and cry because I'm realizing I don't necessarily want to die, but I also don't know how I'm supposed to live without any type of energy. Like, how am I supposed to create? How am I supposed to give back? How am I supposed to support other people if I do not have energy to even want to breathe or take a shower or like do the basic hygienic things for my body you know let alone my mind and my spirit like I couldn't even get into that and the light the sunlight hit the leaves and it poured onto my screen on my cell phone screen and my boyfriend called me mind you my battery is out of my phone so I'm just kind of like okay I answer it and he is able to talk to me and I'm looking at the battery on the floor and I'm thinking maybe I'm hallucinating, right? Because I did take a lot of, um, drugs to kill myself. So I am talking to him on the phone. He's like, Hey, what's going on? Like, you know, I, I kind of like woke up out of my sleep and like my heart just really hurt. Are you Okay. And I just started crying. I'm not really sure what happened next. All I remember is that he somehow found me. I'm not sure if I gave him directions or not. I'll never really know. He's not even sure. I just think it's part of the experience. And um, he took me back to where we were staying, where I was staying, Um, gave me a shower, washed my hair, brushed my hair, played the piano for me while I slept. Um, And then when I fell asleep, he called his friend and they decided that it would be best for me to... Uh, go to the hospital because they weren't sure like how much I took and like how that was going to affect my stomach, you know, with me having an autoimmune disease as well. Um, and I wasn't able to like throw everything up either. So it was just, they didn't know what to do. I ended up going and they did this entire process of just deciding on where I was at mentally. And after that process, they explained to my partner and myself that I, was, I had acute depression, which is like a very severe depression, which is why my suicide attempt wasn't irrational, given the fact that that's where I was at mentally. Um, that I had bipolar 2 disorder that may have also been borderline personality disorder. They weren't sure yet because one is a chemical trigger, which is the bipolar 2 disorder. The other one means it's an outside trigger in your environment. Um, one is solved with medication. The other one is solved with therapy Uh, and then I had general anxiety and a few other different diagnoses. And in the moment, I didn't really care. I was really just, I just didn't care about anything about life or whatever. So they put me in intensive therapy. So for, I think two or three months, every Monday through Friday from 9am to 3pm, I was in therapy at the hospital, uh, in Westchester. And I was doing several different types of therapy and things like that. Um, From like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, to art therapy, to my one-on-one sessions every day, to group healing sessions as well, um, to nature walks. There were like seven different therapies I did every single day for like three months. Uh, And then after those three months, I started to feel better. I don't want to say I felt like my old self again. I just felt better and then um I decided to go on a trip with Gary to Vegas. Not the smartest move in theory, like out of all the cities to go to, Vegas really wasn't it. Um so we went to Vegas, uh, because Gary had also had a training out there and it was usually around my birthday, so we're like, we're gonna go and celebrate. It's it's gonna be a good, you know, getting out of where you're living. It's just nice to take a trip. So we did that and I was completely overwhelmed by the city completely overstimulated by the lights, by the people, by the drinking. (laughs) It was just all too much for me. And, um, I was also drinking while taking antidepressants that I was on and still including the codeine, Vicodin and Percocets that I was still on for the other diagnosis. So I obviously just wasn't in the best space physically and that affected me mentally. And I remember just feeling completely out of control that entire trip. I felt like I just wanted to be around nobody. I wanted to be by myself because I was afraid of like everything. Everything just felt overwhelming to me. It was, I felt like my senses were being attacked every moment that I was there. Um, it was hard for me to enjoy it. I'm sure that it was hard for my partner to enjoy it because he saw me in so much visible and emotional mental pain. Um, it was a lot. It wasn't the best move. And then as soon as I got off the plane, I remember it was November 1st, I went on my therapy trip, right? Went back for therapy and I was admitted into the hospital um, for fear of relapsing. I, I don't know, my therapist saw something in our session and essentially they wouldn't let me leave the grounds and ended up being hospitalized so instead of it being a hybrid where I spent most of the day there and I still went back to where I was staying, this time I was there for 24-7 um, <clears throat> until they released me. And that in itself was um, a lot. It was very scary, one, to not be able to like have a conversation with your loved one like, hey, I'm being admitted. It's just essentially I didn't come home from therapy one day, right? Um, and then they eventually reached out to my emergency contacts and let them know that, uh, they were worried that I was a high suicide, um, like rate, like, and they were concerned that I may try to take my life because I was relapsing. So I spent almost two months there and it was a lot. I went through so many different experiences there, uh, the main thing was just seeing how black and brown bodies were treated opposed to white bodies. Um, seeing how when I asked certain questions, they refused to answer me. And um, they were more irritated at the fact that I was able to advocate for myself. And they were just expecting me to go with the flow. Like they would just give me medicine and not tell me what it was for or what it was going to do. And when I would ask what it what this is and what it is, like it's gonna make you feel better. And I'm like, how? I'm like, what's the science behind this? And it was almost like, You're crazy, don't worry about it, just take it. And even though I was not mentally sound in those moments, spirit was still like, No, you need to explain this to me, or I'm not taking it. So, granted, I was a bit of a troublemaker. Uh, in the institution, because I I definitely was like, you need to get a psychiatrist down here to explain to me what I'm taking or I'm not taking it. And like, do, like you can't force me to take it, right? Which in theory they could have, but I guess my spirit just was so pronounced that they didn't challenge that, thank God. Um, but I have seen them do it to other black and brown bodies. And that was just really overwhelming for me to witness. And I remember just crying every single night while there and just being like, why? Why? Just why? Like, why? I didn't feel safe anywhere anymore. I didn't feel safe there. I didn't feel safe at the place I was staying at. I just felt without a home. And that in itself was just overwhelming. Um, especially knowing that I have so more, to, so much more to give, um, and just not feeling safe enough to give it to anybody, if that makes sense. Um, fast forward to, Dealing with a very racist social worker who to this day, I think about her and I'm just like, God, I wish that part of my work is to be able to go back there and to relieve her of her position because she's absolutely horrible to black and brown bodies. Her, her idea of us is just that we are meant to get pregnant and be fuck ups. Um, and we don't deserve any type of, of help. In that, and she was very adamant about vocalizing that. She was very upset with the fact that I understood certain terminology she was using as well, because my mother was a social worker, um, and that I knew what to ask for, to advocate for myself. And you could just see how upset it made her. And it was one of those moments that I'll never forget because it ignited this fire in me. It set me ablaze, where it's like I want to create safe spaces for Black and Brown bodies, so they don't have to deal with racist people who don't see them as human, who don't see them worth anything, just as like waste of space. Like how dare you take up my oxygen kind of vibes. And I remember feeling like that from her. And I remember declaring in my heart that I would create safe spaces for us so that we never have to have these types of experiences. I want no one to ever have that experience that I had with that woman. Ever, 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 ever. And I'm grateful for that experience because even to this day, as I'm speaking to you guys now, it brings me to tears because I really, 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 really know that that's part of my purpose here in this physical plane to provide safe spaces for us. And I think that I will always have that passion until my last breath. And even after that, because we deserve so much. We are so worthy and we should be allowed to heal in the most beautiful of spaces with beautiful people who want to see us heal, right? So, went through that with her and just it was just I was absolutely crazy just everything about that experience was just not ideal. But at the same time, it was a lot better than if I had went to an institution in New York City because Again, being the child of a social worker and just hearing how many times my mom was heartbroken when one of her kids had to be put into an institution because she knew how they were going to be treated, especially because my mom adamantly worked with black and brown bodies as well. I knew that I was in a better place because at least I wasn't, you know, being sexually assaulted, um, you know, in those cases. Like, it's insane to even have to say something like that. But if you work in the mental health profession, you know you know that what I'm saying is not exaggerated at all. And unfortunately it's not a safe space for black and brown people to be in. And it just sucks that that is an experience that some of us have to have, but I, I pray the work that I do eliminates that for all of us eventually one day. So we went through all of that. Um, and, I was able to get two books. So I had this book called The Universe Has Your Back* by Gabrielle Bernstein that I had with me that I had been trying to read for months and I just wasn't able to do it. And one day under a full moon in November, which I'm assuming was probably the Scorpio full moon now that I'm putting things together. The moon, I was was lucky enough to have a window in my room that wasn't a normal thing, but I was lucky enough to have that and have my own room. And um, I remember being woken up in the middle of the night because my room was so bright from the moonlight. Um, and it was shining directly on the book. And I'm just like, wow, I've never seen moonlight so bright before in my life. And I opened the book and I read the entire book. It's like I inhaled it. And all of a sudden these experiences that I was having just started connecting and making sense. And I'm realizing like, Oh, I'm just being redirected. And all this, insight just started to upload within me and after reading that book I was just like okay this is a part of the journey this allows me to have more compassion and more empathy for my future clients and students that I will work with for my community that I will serve I will be able to understand what they are going through And I will be that person that they come to and they don't feel smaller. And if that's what I'm able to give, I will endure this experience. It is completely worth it to me. So I remember reading that book and that book just opening up my eyes. And then my mom had finally came to visit me. It was very hard for her to come and visit me because of our history at the time. And I just think she felt that she had failed as a mother because her child was in a mental institution. There's so many layers to that. And, um... I remember she brought me the book, No Mud, No Lotus, after my name. And I read that book, and that book shifted everything. By the time I was done, it was time for me to be released, which they did not handle very well. They kind of just told me the same day that I was going to be released, and that was simply because the social worker I was working with felt like I didn't need an appropriate amount of time to go anywhere because my mother had came to see me. She was like, well, you ha- at least you have a mom. You can go and stay with her. I remember, I remember almost attacking her. I'm surprised they actually let me leave the grounds now that I think about it. I, yeah, I definitely lunged at that lady because I was like, you have, you're crazy. You didn't read any of my reports at all that said that I lived in an unstable environment, home environment. And that was the main reason as to why you're sending me back into a place that I have announced and declared wasn't healthy for me because you genuinely don't give a fuck. Heard you. I comp New York City just flew out of me, just, just flew out of me of like, I'm about to beat this bitch's ass and I don't really care. I don't care at all. Um, luckily I was restrained and, um, my advocate that I had asked for was there and she was able to speak on my behalf and just, you know, talk about how insane that was to release someone that has a diagnosis like bipolar two disorder, um, on the same day and not give her... Notice, And she was supposed to give me at least two weeks notice to let me know, prepare me, to help me find a home, to help me um, do all these different things that she just felt wasn't necessary for me to do simply because I was black because she literally had no other reason. Um, And then I remember after calming down from that moment and just being like, it's okay because I'm going to be just fine. I don't know what it was, this sweeping sensation that came over me. And I just knew I was going to be okay. And I remember getting picked up. And then I remember having this conversation with my boyfriend in his car. And he's just kind of like, you know, are you going to be okay? Because this is a lot. And I don't know. This is just a lot for me, you know, to see you um, in this much pain. It's just hard. And I remember being so calm and so certain when I was like, I'll never be back in this space again. And just knowing that what I said was true. Um, Like this divine knowingness, right? Just knowing that I know that I know. Um, It was amazing. But I do want to backtrack really quickly to when I was in the hospital, hospitalized. That night when I finished reading The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. One part of the book, she speaks about having a unique frequency that no one else can hear but you. And when you're able to hear that frequency, it, it's re- a gentle reminder that you're not alone and that the universe is listening in and that you can always talk to universe, God, source, love, whoever you call on to whenever you need to. And I remember closing my eyes, taking a deep breath, sitting in the moonlight and just breathing in and out. And I could hear the frequency for me. And to this day, I still hear that frequency and... It is just one of those amazing, like, little um, treasures that I received from that experience. Um, But overall, my journey was a decade long before I started to feel mentally well, mentally sound. And it took a lot of ups and downs. And I just say all this to say that if you are in the midst of your own journey... Give yourself grace. It's not going to happen overnight. It could happen overnight. Some of us are built that way. And if that's your experience, that's dope. Share that experience. Um, But for those of us where it takes a longer period of time, over a decade of time, I am now 30 and I now feel very mentally sound to where I can share the story and not be enraged and not be afraid and scared for my future because my past was so difficult um, just know it takes time and just know that you are not alone in this journey and that that's why I created this podcast so that I could give simple and efficient techniques and tools to help you realign to your highest vibration because when we're in our highest vibration we're able to release any mental dis-ease any mental disorder And really come back home to ourselves, okay? Um, What helped me come to terms with my diagnosis? So, there were three main things besides the books that I read and the therapy that I received in there. Uh, One is the infinity symbol. So, it looks like an eight, but laying on its side. And that symbol I wear on my finger every day as a reminder that life goes on and that there are highs and lows. And that when there are high moments, cherish them, appreciate them, be in the moment, be present for them, honor them. And as you start to descend into maybe those lower vibrations, rest, heal, reflect, see what's weighing you down and what you can release. And as you do so, you'll find that you're ascending again. And it's a continuous cycle and it's not meant to be vicious. It's just that we ebb and we flow, but we are never ending. So that was one symbol that really spoke volumes to me. And I literally wear the ring every single day. I've worn it for over five years to remind me of that when I'm feeling low, that there's going to be a high moment coming right around the corner and vice versa. Because you know what? It's not about being in a happy 24-7 and living in that um, state as long as you can, because then you can tend to suffocate your goodness. It's just about allowing life to be life and you just witnessing it and experiencing it for all that it's worth. Because you need both, right? You can't really cherish your high vibrational moments if you don't have those low ones, right? Um, So that was one thing. The second one was this audio from Esther Hicks. And I'm going to link it in the show notes if I can find it again. She just speaks on looking at these diagnoses from a different perspective. Um, And there was one on bipolar 2 disorder that really helped me to reclaim authority over my life. And to decide that, yes, this may be a chemical imbalance but I actually have some power in this situation and I can utilize that power to the best of my ability to transform my physical experience. And I really appreciated that insight from uh, Abraham and Esther Hicks. So if you guys haven't heard about them, I will link something of them in the show notes. So go ahead and check that out. And then the last thing was finding support groups, finding people who are having similar experiences as me, because unfortunately nobody in my immediate family um, was diagnosed with anything. They had no idea what I was experiencing. Um, and that became very frustrating because, you know, they're asking you a thousand questions that you don't want to answer. It was just a lot, but being able to find support groups, um, at the time there was an app, uh, that's no longer here, unfortunately, but it was really great to hop on there and talk to other people who are diagnosed with, um, the same disorders and, um, diagnoses and just speaking about what we were doing to help get ourselves through it, was just very comforting so if you're experiencing something like that please go and find a support group of people who are going through what you're going through same thing if you're dealing with an autoimmune disease it's a very unique experience um not to say autoimmune diseases are worse than others because that's not really the case it's more or less like because there are no physical symptoms for the most part until it gets no it's just for the most part they really aren't it's very rare. You know, unless you have like maybe like the butterfly rash on the face um, or like the swollen joints or like when my kidneys would swell, you could see them through my back. Except for those moments, you look completely healthy and fine and nobody knows what's going on. Um, And then they can think that you're completely okay. Meanwhile, your body's wreaking havoc on itself. It's nice to be in a community in a group where you can talk to other people who have also had that experience. So one, you don't feel crazy. You don't feel like you are the only person having that experience. And two, to learn coping mechanisms um, and learn verbiage on how to express what you're feeling to people who have no idea what it is that you're going through. Um, last but not least, I want to give you guys a CPR method for mental well-being. Uh, as you guys know, the CPR method was created during the time frame I just spoke about in the beginning of my like mental wellness journey to help me uh, focus my energy and get myself out of bed and get myself out of those dark moments so that I can live my life and enjoy it and be appreciative of it. So it's the OG (laughs) version. the first one is to create, to connect. So again, creation is that key to connecting back to source, God, love, whoever you call on to. And creativity can be anything from painting to drawing to just making up your bed or creating a cup of matcha. That's all creative force, creative energy. And it's a great way to connect back to what is true. What is your divine truth? So here are some ways that you can do that. You can ask yourself, what activities did you enjoy as a child? Make a list of them. And then I want you to pick out your top three and adultify them okay so an example is like for me when I was younger I loved coloring love coloring to this day I still do I now have an adult coloring book where I like color in mandalas I have a little app and things like that um another one was when I was younger I would love to remix songs on the radio that was my jam I would love to get a song and remix it now as an adult I write songs um for that same experience to connect back to that inner child wonder, because that's really where our creativity stems from in our body. It stems from our inner child, that inner baby girl, that inner baby boy, the inner baby baby <laughs> that, um, just sees wonder and joy in the world and wants to play with it and create something new from that. Um, the next thing is praise on purpose. And again, praise is joy infused with gratitude. gratitude infused with joy it's a a higher level of just saying hey i'm grateful for i feel like that can come that can become very mundane and we can kind of end up being on autopilot and then we really miss out on the opportunity to deeply appreciate life and level up in life when we are exercising our sense of gratitude so you want to praise on purpose praise intentionally show gratitude with intention and consciousness right So you can do that by making a playlist of songs that really make you feel grateful to be alive. I will also share my playlist with you guys that I personally use. Um, And it's a mix of like gospels, a mix of like hip hop, R&B, just things that when I hear I'm just like, I'm so happy I have two ears and that I have really good hearing to hear these beats and to hear these words because they just amp me up. A Second thing you can do is make a folder on your phone of voice notes, screenshots, videos, and pictures that make you feel really good and grateful. Um, This is kind of like an emotional mood board. And I have voice notes from my girlfriends when they just sort of just saying that they love me or that they're proud of something that I did. I have screenshots from all of my wolves that DM me or text me or email me and just tell me that my work means something to them and it allowed them to get through something or have clarity on a certain experience. I keep everything you guys send me, by the way, because it it helps me so much. This really is a two-way relationship. Um, Even down to like the podcast reviews, when you guys rate the podcast and share your insights that you receive from it, I keep all of those. They mean everything to me. Those testimonies are testimonies for me as well. As like, yes, continue doing what you're doing. Their are confirmation. Um, but yeah, screenshots, videos. Um, I have videos of me, like with my nieces, you know, when we're having a fun time together. Or videos of me and my boyfriend exploring, like new things or traveling, same thing with my girlfriends. Um, when I get to meet my listeners in person, I always take a picture or a video. These are things that remind me that I have so much to be grateful for. Even when I feel like I don't, because again, we uh, ebb and we flow like the infinity sign, right? Then the last thing is recover to resonate. And I'm gonna share two things with you. First off is a lay down method. I swear by this, if you're feeling overwhelmed by emotion, laying down on the floor um in savasana, right? Or dead man's pose where your back is on the floor, your legs are spread out about 45 degrees, your hands are by your side, either palms facing up to receive energy, but if you're feeling very overwhelmed, place your palms down on the ground to ground yourself and just taking deep inhales and exhales. That's really all you have to do. You might find yourself crying. You might find yourself um, yelling (laughs) in that pose. You might find yourself falling asleep in that pose, Um, singing in that pose. Your body's going to do what it needs to do to release the the excess of, of energy that's running through the body. Um, and you also just feel very supported by the ground underneath you. And I love to symbolize that as mother nature, just coming to uplift you and remind you, Hey, you're not alone. And you can release this heaviness and this overwhelm that you're experiencing. And it does not have to take a lot of work. Just lay down and rest. Right. Second thing you can do is just move your body. Um, I was taught during therapy, um, when I was hospitalized to do jumping jacks. That was my form of getting out of my head and into my body so i did jumping jacks some people do push-ups when they feel overwhelmed Some people walk places run around the block any type of movement dancing yoga that will always help you get out of your head and into your body and that's really what you want to do for your well-being because we start to experience anxiety depression and all these other vibrations that don't really serve us because we're only operating In our head. And if you look, take a moment right now to just see how small your head is compared to the rest of your body. Of course, you're going to feel overwhelmed by that type of energy. You're not allowing it to run through the entire vessel because if the energy and motion, which are emotions, is running from the top of your head to the tip of your toes, you're not going to feel overwhelmed. And that's really what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to come as a wave, wash over you, leave whatever lesson or insight is meant for you to have, and then wash away the rest of it. It's only when we become stagnant, right, and we feel those tension in our bodies that we trap that energy in motion, those emotions in our bodies, and then they start to want to break free as they're supposed to. They're supposed to be in motion, but they're feeling stagnant. They're feeling forced and compound together. And then we start to feel overwhelmed, we start to feel anxious, we start to feel depressed, we start to feel rageful, all these very heavy emotions. So move your body, twerk a little something, something, do something to drop out of your head and into your body, and you will always be good. So that is the CPR method for mental well-being, it is also the OG CPR method, you guys know I remix it every episode for you, but again, create to connect, praise on purpose, and recover to resonate and you will be able to enjoy mental well being. You it really is um, something that you can add to. I don't want to say it's a choice because again, being somebody that was on medication for a while, I understand if you feel the need that you need to take medication. Do what you feel is best for your healing. Do not allow anyone to shame you or judge you and how you choose to heal. That is not their business. It is not their life. It is not their journey. What they have to say is irrelevant. You do what feels best for you. For me in that moment, it was taking medication. It was helpful. It helped me to get a better understanding of what it is I did want my body to do because I wasn't able to get my body to do it on my own. And once I found that I was able to start doing that, I started to slowly come off of medication and start doing more meditation, start doing more mindfulness. And now I've been off of antidepressants and the other forms of medication for almost five years now. And I haven't had any severe flares um, or mood swings since then. Um, And I've drastically changed my life to support my well-being. And I feel like that should be everyone's goal. Your life should support your mental well-being. And if it does not... See how you can start implementing different changes, different ways for your life to support your well-being. Because if it's not supporting your well-being, what is it supporting? You know, when you really think about it. Okay, that's everything for this episode. But before we go, I do want to let you know that this Friday, I want you to join me on my Instagram live while I'm still on Instagram on the 21st with the goddess that is Leora Edoot as she guides us on better understanding how to heal our mother wound you know that May on the podcast is all about motherhood and mental well-being so my good big sis is going to be leading us through a live healing session on how to heal the mother wound it's going to be so beautiful and I would love for you to be there so please mark your calendars I'll have the link to for you to do that in the show notes as well. This will be a live recording of that week's Cosmic Conversations for the Local Land podcast. So you won't get an episode on the podcast, you'll get it on Instagram, all right? So again, make sure you click the link in the show notes to get a reminder to join me for that live session. And you, of course, can listen to the other two episodes from this month of the Cosmic Conversations where we talk about honoring our elders and our ancestors and motherhood and well-being. It doesn't matter if you're a mother or not. These are great episodes for you to learn more about how you can heal relationships in your life and how you can reparent and mother yourself, which we all are capable of doing, no matter how you identify in your physical body. All right. Um, make sure you subscribe, you rate, you share and you comment. I love you all so much for tuning in each and every Monday to this podcast and for rating it five stars and for sharing every episode, for reposting for everything. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a safe space for me to share my own journey. And thank you for letting me be a safe space for you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And until next time, listen to the next episodes. Bye, Wolf.